1: Hey, everybody. Welcome. Let's make a little adjustment. Jacob and Olivia, don't yell at me for doing that. Sorry. <laughs> welcome, everybody. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We got a great show for you today. Actually, a great lineup all week long. Um, one of the things that I got a text message from Jessica yesterday, and I want to read it before I introduce Lisa, Lisa Belts. And I just want to read it because it talks to an energy that we have here, whether we're in the office or on the studio or whatever we're doing and. Jessica, of course, we watched we're watching a football game. Uh, The game I'm referring to actually all the games were so good. All the games were just so good. I mean, this is like a whole nother level of competition. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, you're going to talk about the team that lost. Now, look, I had picked Buffalo very early on, so I just got wiped out. But this is not what this says. It's not really about football. Jessica sends us, both of the football games today were picture-perfect examples of a possibility mindset. Now, this is from a team member on a Sunday having an experience with football, watching the game, and just watching pure perfection. And what I love about what she said is about possibilities. This week's show, the development of our network and what we're doing is that. And so much so that emails have come in from people wanting us to change our name. But we have another idea for that. And the way that you get to ideas is by doing what my very special Lisa Beltz, my co-host here today, does. So you need to know who she is. You need to know that she is somebody that spent a lot of years like me in the corporate world, working mm-hmm. on multiple industries. Now, I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here today with Lisa and telling everybody out there that our corporate life has helped shape us to delivering empowering messages. But that's not it for her. Women empowered the number four life. Think about that. Women empowered for life. Women empowered for life. Just think about that for a minute. Then think about becoming unshakable. Now, when you put all that together, and you look at Lisa, who is a top coach. Right? I don't even want to talk about how long she's been married. She can tell you that story. (laughs) Talk about that. But when she and I talked, we had a very similar experience. Hers was at age nine. Mine was at age six. And that experience I don't know about her, but you're going to hear about it today from her. That experience shapes a life. And what I want to say about it is she met Jesus when she was nine. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Jesus, however you say it, my friends say, I always don't say it right. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the point. But when you have that, You understand the experience she's going to share marriage, divorce, remarriage, blended families. Oh, yes. I mean, it's almost like the line from the Wizard of Oz, right? Marriage, divorce, remarriage. Oh, my. And I think that comes (laughs) from that show. I think it comes from that show. Today, I want you to meet a very special person, a very special coach. And we are talking about the journey of unbecoming. Lisa, so great. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I have been looking forward to this since we scheduled it. Um,
2: This is a premier opportunity for me, and I am just very happy to be here.
1: I love prepping for shows. So everybody thinks that it's like you, you're over there, I'm over here, still, uh, what's the word? Quarantied, not for Uh my safety, but for the safety of my team. And yet we're unstoppable. We're unshakable. But let's talk about your journey. Let's talk about the journey of unbecoming. Let's talk about what that means. And for you, you get my signature question. Okay. I love this question. Look, I just briefly told people about you. I didn't even scratch the surface. I want to know, given everything you've done, everything you've experienced, every other person you've helped, what are some of the challenges and obstacles that brought you to this very moment?
2: Oh, that is a great question, Dr. Pat.
1: Um, So
2: trying to keep this somewhat summarized, I am the youngest of four children. And so, being a youngest has some trade-offs of its own, but I also learned sharing and giving and cooperation by having older siblings. I also was an only child, basically, from eighth grade forward, and so I also had the benefit of a lot of my parents' attention um i have two older brothers and an older sister and so when everybody else left home and we needed to build a barn i got to be the barn builder and my dad and i did horses together we actually lived in yakima at that point in time so i grew up doing 4-h i grew up doing um shows great yeah. shows, yeah. shows mountain well, obstacle hold track. that
1: thought hold that thought yeah. because yep. i want to take a short break and when we come back I'm going to say something cheesy. When we come back, we're going to talk about those two bonds. Uh Again, you and I have something in common, except not Yakima. Van Cortlandt pork for me, you couldn't separate me from my horse, but we're going to take a short break, everybody. When we come back, we're getting right at it. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Lisa, look, we're going to go right to the half, but I need to take a quick break. I love that you're talking about. You didn't say the words. But there's a level of heart connection bonding you were describing. Yep, yep. Going up or being in Yakima, having horses. I mean, I'm like I'm like right there with you. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But that journey everybody might think you and I show up and we haven't had any bumps in the roads. Yep. So what was that like for you with your dad, with the horses? Yep. And, and, and I'm actually, so one of the things
2: we're going to talk about as we get into talking about unbecoming is the dark layers of cloth or the dark layers of life, the challenges of life that can get layered onto us that dim our light And so part of why I kind of wanted to talk about being a youngest child and some of the other things is as children, we allow ourselves to pick up labels or belief systems. And sometimes we misinterpret things simply because we're young and don't have life experience. And so all of those things that go into making us who we are and how we are and giving us our perspective on the world Are very, very positive in most instances, but it's also those life experiences growing up that can help us become who we're not really designed to be. So growing up with a brother, you know, I I always used to laugh. He used me, he used to practice roping on me, he used me for his karate kung fu dummy, you know, it's all those younger sibling things. And while there's a lot of positive bonding, you also pick up some things like, oh, I'm the littlest, I can't do such and such, or I'm the youngest, I'm not good at as good as my older siblings at things. And so that's kind of where we start unbecoming. Being in the horse world was delightful for me you know there's there used to be an uh, an article that talked about you know what's this thing between girls and horses and my horse was my best friend no kidding you know i would go riding out in the orchards or out in the foothills with just him and me and we would spend hours it was just absolutely wonderful way to grow up you learn that bond with an animal, you learn to take command and control, because when you've got a 2000 pound animal underneath you, you better be in charge. And so there's just so much good that comes out of that growth. Um, You know, being the only one at home with my parents was absolutely wonderful for me. I just reveled in it. You know, my dad and I would take the horses and pack into the mountains. And again, that's where he and I had that really great bonding time. You know, I got to develop experiences. You learn resourcefulness. You learn resiliency. All of those really positive life lessons. Now, the flip side of all of this that we're also going to talk about is I was a perfectionist. And so junior high, high school, into college, I had these absolutely unrealistic expectations of what I should be able to do and accomplish. You know, If I didn't get things immediately, I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, no one else put this on me. This was all something I took on myself. All of those things contribute to us developing belief systems that really don't serve us very well. But they're there. And until you even know that you have belief systems to be able to think about them and examine them and go, does this really, is this really truth? Does this really resonate? Does this serve me? Was this a misunderstanding or did I just flat out believe into a lie? All of those things contribute to us becoming who we're not.
1: Yeah. I love that we're talking about this because we have to know, and you're going to talk about what unbecoming means here as we go forward. But all of this uh, has to do with understanding a process. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because both of us learned something in our corporate careers. I know for me, I learned about process. But what that means is that if we can activate a process that allows us, what did my mom used to say? My mom used to, Benny Benny hears me quote my mom a million times. She was a woman from the South and she had so many different sayings, but she would say stuff like, girls, y'all need to take the best and leave the rest. 40 years later, I figured out what that meant. But isn't that what the process helps us with? It is, it is. And And, you know, I talk about... Uh,
2: becoming and even unbecoming is a process, Mm -hmm. not an event. You know, an event is a one-time thing. It's, you know, one and done. That does not work in the area of personal growth, either for unbecoming or becoming unshakable. So when you talk about it being a process, it very much is. And the entrance to that process is a trigger or a recognition or a desire to change. Yeah,
1: I want to make sure people understand that this is not just something you're talking about now. You have a book about becoming unshakable. I I want to just take a moment because we went to a quick break. I would love for people to know before we get into the process, because I don't want them to miss any of this. How do we find out about you? How do we get the book? Great. How do we talk about your coaching? There's a copy of that. Uh, it's not going to show up on the blue screen. Okay.
2: We're not going to do that. So <laughs> the easiest way is to go to my website, which is www.lisabelts.com. And for those who are just on the air, Lisa is spelled a little bit differently. It's L-Y-S-A and Belts is B-E-L-T-Z. So wwwl and Pat I know we've talked about my name is Lisa with a y l y s a but a few months ago God told me that I'm also Lisa with a y w h y and so my journey over particularly over the last 3 years of unbecoming and the becoming is really helping me discover my why you know the why am i a coach why am i writing a book why am i on this show why am i starting my own podcast you know, it's that, what is my purpose? What is my calling? That core question that so many of us search yeah. for and struggle with. So, you know, the other way people can reach me is my email. And that is lisa at lisabelts.com.
1: Thank you. Um, because all of what we're talking about, anybody that's listening today, if they've got additional questions, of course, you can call into the show. Uh, 1-800-930-2819, or you can put a comment in on social media, on Facebook. Um, But the question that comes up for people, especially this month of the year, uh, Lisa, is how do I begin? Where do I begin? Absolutely. And so again, this
2: journey of unbecoming so I'm going to read a quote and and the author of the quote is unknown, but this is the quote that starts my book. It says, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you. So you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. I love that quote. And one of my mentors, uh, Natasha Hazlitt, who has the Unstoppable Influence Program? She's the one that introduced me to the quote and to the whole unbecoming process. And so, again, to me, the starting place is a desire to change. You know, it's the the little quote that says, "If you want to get a different outcome, you have to take a different action." So, when we as human beings reach a point where we're stifled, we're stuck or we simply want something different or something better, you have to have a desire and a commitment to begin that change process. You know, we talk a lot about the butterfly metamorphosis process. To me, that's the becoming part, but that messy middle where the, the butterfly or the, the um, caterpillar has gone into the cocoon, it's what they call butterfly goo. I mean, it, it is just literally unbecoming a caterpillar then turn around and become the butterfly that emerges. So the unbecoming process starts with recognizing where you're at in your phase or stage today, choosing to start beginning to make a change and then thinking about what do you want the outcome to be? So in in very simple summarized terms, that's one thing. The other analogy I like to use is that of a beautiful hardwood floor. It was, you know, think about a house built in the 30s or 40s. And then over time, somebody went, oh, linoleum is the new thing. So they put a layer of glue and a layer of linoleum on top of this beautiful hardwood floor. And then 10 years later, the colors and styles have changed. Another layer of glue, another layer of linoleum. Another 15 years, same thing happens. Now, a new owner comes in and goes, you know, I wonder what's underneath all of this stuff. And they start digging down and they discover that underneath all of that, the foundation is this beautiful hardwood floor.
1: Yeah, boy.
2: Right. So you go through that process of peeling back the layers, linoleum glue, linoleum glue, linoleum glue, and then there's that hardwood floor. So unbecoming is finding those layers what are my belief systems? What are the lies that I've bought into? What are the stories I'm telling myself today that may or may not have been true at one point, but they're not true anymore? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love the way you just described that for a lot of reasons. And let me ask you about it because, you know, rarely we, do we talk about taking things away, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a place where every time you're turning on the TV, somebody's telling you to add something on. Yep. You know, whether it's a latest diet fad or exercise program or how to raise your kids, or it doesn't matter. It's like, let's just pile something on. Yes. But I want to get back to something you said. And that is this idea of, well, maybe we need to take something off. Yes. What if we just remove something? And isn't that, in fact, the process of a sculptor? It is.
2: It's exactly the process of a sculptor. That's a beautiful analogy. It's chipping away at the stone to reveal the perfect statue inside.
1: So let's talk about as we go through this and we look at things. Part of what people have is a really hard time visualizing those things that weigh us down. Can we talk about that? And it's almost always, you know, the the process of not being afraid to look at them. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we're like afraid to look at them. You know, that could be anything from looking in your refrigerator to looking at your finances. Right. And so what we do is we like, no, 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 no. Right. But in order to follow along here, don't we have to get a sense of what the heck made me feel heavy today? It is. It
2: absolutely is. And again, I'm going to use myself as, as an example. Um, I was not even aware until I, so I started a pretty intense personal growth journey three years ago um, through my mentor, Natasha. And I did not realize how much self-judgment, self-hatred, and self-rejection that I was carrying. I had made decisions and choices in my past that were probably not the best or the right decisions. And I had shame and guilt and all of these self-judgment, self-condemnation, self-criticism, and Dr. Pat, I was not even aware that they were there, let alone how heavy they were. And so through my journey, um, one of the, the good descriptions I've seen is, you know, the, the song that we sang as children, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, we all are born from heaven with a light inside of us. You know, that is your, your personality, your blueprint, your divine design. We all are born with that light. And then shame comes on and judgment comes on and, oh, you're too heavy. You're too skinny. You're not pretty enough. Oh, you're a blonde instead of a brunette or you're a this or a that. And people lay those black claws on us and we put them on ourselves. You know, it it is those, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough kinds of things. And so over time, we just end up with all these heavy layers And some people, it just about snuffs them out. But God, Mm. but God.
1: Well, you know, it's so awesome to remember that. I was listening to, um, I listened to messages, whether it be TV, podcast, you know, I've always got something that's going on in the background, whether it's listening to some of the shows, but I've always got something in the background. And one of the things that I, I heard, which so resonated me here for the past two or three weeks, let me just say, is this idea of thanking God in advance. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about what that looks like for a minute. Yep. Okay. Um, We can thank God for not just please help me get this new job. And so one of the things I was reminded of, you only have to ask once, mm-hmm. you just have to ask once, mm-hmm. but you have to thank and praise often. Yes. And and I got into a practice of saying, just outright saying a bunch of years ago, thank you, God, 70 times a day for 70 days, because it was the only thing that would quiet my mind. But I want to ask you, when we build this and when we start to peel the layers back, mm-hmm. We also have to think what gets revealed, even if it is a weigh-me-down type of thing. Isn't that correct? It is. It is.
2: It absolutely is. And so one of the principles that I talk about is that we are all designed by a divine blueprint. So the, the word of God says that before he even created the earth and created Adam and breathe life into Adam, God wrote out a book of days for every single one of us. God envisioned and designed and intended for every single one of us to be alive at exactly the point in time in history when we're here. And so from that divine blueprint, from that divine design, we move into our lives with gifts, talents, and abilities that God put within us. And when we are moving in those gifts, talents, and abilities is when we have life satisfaction. It's when we have joy. And so when you think about what you're grateful for, you know, Psalms 139 says, Thank you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, you formed me. You knit me together in my mother's womb before I had ever seen a single one of my days. God designed us. And if you have nothing else to be thankful for, and we all have so much to be thankful for, you can always thank God for his original, good, perfect plan, because everything that God designs, he stamps as good. And so many of us get this feeling or this image that, oh, I don't measure up to what God wants of me. I don't measure up to God's expectations. And that is an outright lie. We're in personal growth. We are growing to become more Christ-like. But God knows we're human. He created us human.
1: He says we're good. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Lisa is going to walk us through what this means as we hold on to the goodness of life. And what tools, what ideas, what can we do? to make sure we're holding on to that goodness and the way that feels. Because it's so easy to be tempted into negativity into limited or no possibilities into the idea of this is for them and not for me into the idea that I will never dot, 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 fill in the blank when we come back. We're going to be talking about how do we launch, recognize the process, and know when we're there. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Lots of tools coming your way. Let's take a short break.
0: Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. <laughs> Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com.
1: i Mary Jane Mack, and I'd love to tell you about the latest technology of the Valara Company. I've been using the Valara Company equipment, the air machines, since 1992, and I have found them to be totally successful in killing mold, mildew, and keeping your house fresh and clean. If you'd like more information on it, you can look at MaryJaneMack.com or call our office at 888-777-4232. Welcome back, everyone. It's so great to have all you tune us in and turn us on. Lisa Belts is joining me here today. I want to make sure you understand how to connect with Lisa. Um, you know, this is one of the first shows she and I were doing together. But what's really important about this is, you know, we're different people on a similar mission. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how to say this, but here's what I know. Our job as a network and the Dr. Pat show is to bring you. A variety of ways to level up and or up level, whatever your language is. And I don't mean like your car or your house, although it could be that because I am not. Look, I think there's a reason God gave us material things. Okay, you understand what I'm trying to say here. I mean, nobody creates like this beautiful garden and then says, oh, oopsie, that's not for you. But how do you get there? And do we let the external environment be that thing that will get us there or not? Lisa, you work with people, you help people really get to the place and you help them go through and get rid of things that are unbecoming. How do people find out about you? How do they work with you? How do we get copies of your book? How to, how to, how to fill in the blanks.
2: Ah, That's excellent.
1: So again, my website is
2: www.lisabelts.com. And on my website, there is a link to my book and the accompanying workbook on Amazon. So you can order it from Amazon and uh, it is print on demand. So you should get it within just a couple of days. Also on lisabelth.com is a link to my life coaching. And so a few years ago, I was working with a life coach and this light bulb went off over my head. You know, I literally swear that there was a light bulb that said, this is what I am designed to be and do. So my corporate career, I discovered I was doing a lot of coaching and life coaching as a project manager. And so like you said, Dr. Pat, all of that corporate experience of building teams and working with individuals, feeds right into life coaching. As a project manager, I'm helping somebody accomplish a vision or a goal. As a life coach, I'm helping you be and become the person you were originally designed to be because that's where you experience personal fulfillment and life satisfaction. That's where your light shines. It lights you up. You follow your passion and it lights you up. So if you click on coaching on lisabelts.com. That's going to take you to my coaching website. And I have a number of different packages. And I always do a complimentary 30 minute session with someone to make sure that they and I have a good rapport so that knowing that we can work together as coaches. And so um, you can go out and schedule that. I use Calendly links right into my calendar. We'll usually use Zoom. Um, Although we can do FaceTime, I am an iPhone user, so really easy to get connected. So thank you very much for asking about that. Awesome.
1: Now, I know one thing along the way is that I didn't know what I didn't know about anything. I just knew I was at a place where I would call it a bottom. I've had several of those, Uh but that bottom left me hungry to learn. And I would like to ask you, you know, we've talked about this wonderful way that people can understand what they're, what they're capable of and what's possible. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, you know, what are some of the tools? What can we do to help people? Yep. Right. Yep.
2: And so, so
1: there's a number of
2: tools that I use. And so again, I'm going to refer back to my book and particularly my workbook. The workbook has additional information beyond the, the content of the book the workbook is actually tools and exercises to help you unbecome and then become who you're meant to be. And the first exercise in the workbook is called Peace Thieves. So it's P-E-A-C-E, Peace Thieves. And so again, it's what's weighing you down. And so the idea is to brainstorm a list. You know, Don't edit don't not write anything down, big or small. Just brain dump a list of everything that's weighing you down. And then you step back and go, okay, of all of these things that I'm worried about, and I'm going to use a pretty random example of a comet hitting Earth, okay? Is that something you or I have any control over? No. So that would be one I would tell you to put a line through. If you don't have, any direct influence or control over it why are you spending energy worrying about it so you go through this brain dump you put a line through all of the things that are truly outside of your control and then you look at the items that are left and of those items that are left pick one or two or at most three that you actually have control over And that's where you're going to invest some time, some focus of what is at the root of this. And again, we talk about symptoms versus the root cause, you know, and so many of the things that we allow to weigh us down now, oftentimes started years or even decades ago. And so we've been carrying them around. One of the exercises I do is I literally tell people to go get a rock you know, a a stone, if you would, use a Sharpie and write whatever the word on it is. Divorce is one that comes up pretty frequently. The shame, the regret, the hurt, the pain, all those things associated with divorce. And then if I'm in a workshop setting, I literally have a wooden cross, people take that rock and turn it over Hmm. at the foot of the cross. Wow. And you leave it there. If that's not the right thing for you, this same approach works for anyone of any belief system. Take that rock and go find a body of water, a river, a pond, a canyon, and heave that rock and let it fall and let all of the negativity associated with that go with it. So you're cutting it off. You're letting it go. And one of the pictures that God gave me a few years ago is I'm walking down the road carrying a gunny sack full of rocks. This is where my rock analogy comes from. Jesus comes along in a wagon and says, you know, get in and let me carry your burdens for you. So I crawl in the back of the wagon and I'm sitting there and we go a little ways down the road and Jesus looks back and I've still got the bag of rocks over my shoulder. Hmm. I'm in the wagon, but I'm still carrying the rocks. And so what we've got to do is open up that gunny sack of rocks. It's like, what what do you have in your backpack that you're carrying that is weighing you down? Pull those things out, identify it, release it, and don't pick it back up again. So that's where if you can literally throw that rock in a body of water, let it go
1: to the bottom and stay there. So I, I love it. I mean... Can I ask you about this? Because I so relate to rocks. I mean, you know, when Linda was here visiting, I threatened to put a giant rock garden right in the backyard, like have (laughs) to bring in these giant boulders. Not sure where that comes from. As a matter of fact, one of my my native. um, one my indigenous name is actually rock tree, but there's something powerful about rocks. Mm If we hold that energy, you just talked about, about having that burden be lifted. Yep. And to make sure we're thinking in advance to live a burden free life. You know, I love that you're talking about rocks because rocks and the idea of just just saying the word, you can visualize how it weighs us down. Yes. When we do that, what does it open us
2: up for? Well, you know, nature doesn't like a vacuum, right? Or a void. (laughs) So when you take one thing out, you also need to intentionally decide what you're going to put back in its place. So if you have a burden of shame in its place, you're going to put in self-acceptance and self-love. And so again, in our society, we are so afraid of self-love, And again, like anything else, there is an appropriate and inappropriate. There is a use and a misuse. But we are so focused on being afraid of owning our talents, of admiring ourselves for what we're capable of, particularly in, in, and I don't want to exclude men, but particularly women, you know, we are raised and taught to be quiet, to be humble, to be all those things. And there's a place for that. But again, when God created man and woman, he said, and they are good. Yes, we are growing. Yes, there are some things we have to unbecome. But the gifts, talents, and abilities that God put in us, he put in us to let our light shine. And so when we take on shame and guilt and self-condemnation, or we think we, we, we don't look right. We're overweight. Our hair's too long. Our hair's too short. Our hair's too curly, whatever, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you know, those are the things that have to come off and in their place, it is appropriate self-love and self-acceptance because Jesus taught us to love others as we love ourselves. And if I'm rejecting me, How can I completely accept you? How can we be in relationship one with another and have pure communication if there's this barrier? Mm
1: -hmm. You know, when we're talking about this, it sounds so, let's just use the word simple. Mm -hmm. And I love the simplicity uh, analogy. Um, I want to talk about if we could talk about the ego for a minute. You know, I I had procrastinated to plant bulbs like Uh flowers. Yeah. Right. For some reason, I don't know. Sounded daunting. And I had my friend come over and sort of get rolling with it. And I was watching her. And I watched the simplicity. She took the little hole maker made the hole, and put the bulb in. But she said something interesting to me. She said, this looks simple, but you better make sure you're putting the bulb in the right direction. Correct. And I thought, see, every step in life has a tip like that, right? Yep. And I was so struck by that, that what we're talking about today and how to visualize comes to the forefront. It is so simple, but Mm -hmm. we better make sure that the visualization and the intention is in the direction we want it to go. Can you talk about that and how the ego will fight for us to not to follow good orderly direction?
2: Yeah. So you know what ego stands for, don't you? Yeah. Edging God out. Yep. And so, um, you know, you kind of go back when you think about ego, you go back to the little angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other shoulder, you know, that that conversation kind of thing. So ego's job is to protect us. It is to make sure that we don't take unusual risks and put ourselves out there. So in coaching, we talk a lot about comfort zones. And so if you envision your comfort zone as a circle and you're the dot in the middle, Through coaching, through personal growth, you kind of get up towards the edge of your comfort zone and it gets a little uncomfortable. It's the frog in the water thing again, right? The water's getting a little warmer and you're getting a little more uncomfortable and your ego's going, no, 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 don't do it. Don't take the risk. Don't take that step. Don't quit your job. Don't launch out there. Don't start that business. Don't write that book. You might get rejected. So ego's job is to protect us But ego doesn't have an understanding of calling and purpose and internal motivation. Ego's job is just to keep you safe. And so when we get to the end of that comfort zone, if you listen to ego and you shrink back, your comfort zone also shrinks. And if you do it again, your comfort zone shrinks and again, Now, good news is the opposite is true. If you get to the edge of your comfort zone and you break through, your comfort zone expands. And that's when you get into that personal growth. And the more you do it, it's like muscle memory. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And so I want to go back to a couple of things that you talked about still related to ego, but it is setting an intention and it is choosing, visualizing where you're going. So if I could go back and teach my younger self, one thing, it would be to set intention. I was never, ever taught to set intention. Right. And if I could go back, that would be the one thing I would do completely differently. You know, obviously we can't, but I can start from here. And so part of my personal growth has been intentionally stating the positive. What do I want? I want to move from being a corporate employee to being self-employed at some point in time in the future. And there's some milestones that have to happen along the way. So I'm setting an intention of those things I want to create. And one of the things the Holy Spirit told me a few months ago is you get more of what you've come to expect. So if I live in the expectation that my parents had had um, diabetes, my grandparents had diabetes, I'm going to have diabetes, my kids are going to have diabetes, you're darn certain, you're all going to have diabetes, right? But if you stop and set the intention that by the blood of the lamb and the word of the cross, and my testimony, diabetes stops with me you can completely change that trajectory and change that outcome by setting the intention and taking the action steps. You know, so many of us have set new goals for 2022 being the month of January. Yeah, And I want to talk for just a second about, it's not just any action, you need to take the right action. But, you know, we've talked before about my quote about God can't steer a parked car, right? (laughs) that's right that and that fits really well with intention and visualization and getting into action so sometimes you have to pick a direction even if you're not positive that it's exactly the right direction that's where we get into procrastination we get into perfectionism get in motion and if god needs to he'll tell you to take a right take a right and take another right and then you can get turned around But once you're in motion and flowing with the Holy Spirit, then you can get on track. So when I talk about moving into action, yes, get into action, but then you're listening for what is the right action. Because if I don't have an intention set, you know, any road will get you there if you don't know where you're going. Yeah, I want to be going someplace. And that goes back to that intention. And again, I'm going to go back and touch on ego again, because this is where ego is going to come in and say, oh, don't take too much risk. Be Mm -hmm. careful. You you might get rejected. What if you go on the Dr. Pat show and you say something stupid?
1: (laughs) Don't worry, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But part of this I want to really touch upon in the time we have left. You know, there's a thing that I... Two of my mentors kept saying along the way, you have to trust in the process, Pat.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. You have
1: to trust in yourself. You have to trust that the fact that you picked Claremont as the school you wanted to go to and then were put on a wait list, you have to trust yep. that you're being directed not to go in the year you thought because there's a reason why you didn't get accepted in that year, but to wait. And sometimes it's so hard. I'll tell you what I'm finding. It is the waiting period is impossible without my connection to the divine. Yes. It's just not possible. Yes. It becomes anxiety, stuckness, depression, unanticipated failure. I mean, you name it. Yep. But I want to ask you to talk about that because. Looking back, not knowing what I didn't know and trusting, it led me to my purpose. Yes. Which I didn't know and had a hard time defining. But 20 years ago, I'm telling you, wrong phone number put me on my path. And I didn't know I went to school for 10 years to get something so people could call me Dr. Pat on radio and TV. I didn't know that, but let's talk about how important trust is. Even if we don't know the why, yes. why am I going to school in California? Help me out with that in the minutes we have left, please. Yes. So it's really interesting that you bring this up. (laughs) So
2: um, Instead of doing a word of the year, I've switched to doing words of the quarter. Um, As exponential a growth as I've gone through in my personal growth track, typically a word of the year doesn't hold for me anymore. So I just, first of all, I just want to throw out the idea of pick a word for a season rather than maybe the whole year. It may be, but anyway, so what God gave me was the word rest, R E S T. Mm. And so I lived with that for a little while. And then he said, Oh, by the way, rest is an acronym. Go figure out what it is. And so I brainstormed words, started with R, E, S, and T. And what it boiled down to was really experience spiritual trust. So that is my focus for Q1 this
1: year. Yeah. Oh, man. It is so important. And it really is important for us to understand that even if some of the decisions, Lisa, some of the decisions we're making, you know, seem odd to other people, yep. right? Um, I love when I get the gift of hesitation. Mm-hmm. People in the spiritual community call it hitting the pause button. I don't call it procrastination. You understand? There's a difference. Between- there is a okay. difference. Okay. Yep. But I want to ask you in the couple minutes we have left, what does the space of hesitation allow for? in the world of God consciousness.
2: Yep. So again, we are, we tend to be in particularly in Western culture, so into action. We also tend to assign value to people by their productivity. What have you produced? We need to take a step back and to remember we are human beings, not human doings. And so, part of the value of that rest, that pause, that hesitation is to allow your divine connection to affirm or to tell you that the timing is off or to tell you that that's a great idea, but it's not yours. I have a lot of really great ideas, but some of them are not my assignment, if I can use that word. So, you know, we talk about waiting on the Lord. And we talk about God being a God of the 11th hour. And a lot of times we have to get to that point of being almost a little desperate to see God move before he gives us the answer. And what I have found, and I am still experiencing, is that God only gives me part of the picture. Because if I saw the whole thing, it would overwhelm me and I would run the other direction.
1: Right. Yeah. I love that you shared that. And hopefully we'll get into that a little bit more because one of the things I also learned is that our nature is to make sure we're getting intermittent gratification. Mm -hmm. And so what I love is you're right. You know, some of us see the whole picture, but then we're guided as to that next step and we have to follow it. I want to thank you for this today. I can't wait till we continue this conversation. People can find out more about you. Can you again, remind everyone How do we find out about you? How do we get the book? All of the above. Thank you so much for today. Well,
2: thank you for having
1: me on. This has just been great. And
2: again, I want to thank you and your full team. You guys are awesome and amazing. So um, I do want to mention my podcast is coming up this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain, and it is the Unshakable Living Show. And this week, I'm going to have a special guest on, Kristen Oakley, and we're going to be talking about your unshakable identity. Yep. And so again, my website is www.lisabelts.com. And it's L-Y-S-A-B-E-L-T-Z. And you can reach me at coachlisa at lisabelts.com.